Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. You have your Bibles open with me to Matthew chapter 3, and as you do, say this with me today. I receive the Word of God to profit me and reproof me, convict me and instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished on all good works. You know, I love the Lord. He is so awesome to me. You know, His goodness is just so overwhelming to me. And, and I'm just so thankful for His goodness. I'm so thankful for His favor. And uh, we're seeing God manifest His favor all the time in our lives. And He's just been really good to Tom Luther. And I hope you can experience the same thing. You know, but one of the things that's been so good for me as a minister and as a pastor here these last year and a half is that I almost always know, almost, you know, several weeks in advance what I'm going to be ministering on. Every so often, he'll ask me to stop and just share a special message, which I think is timely for an individual, maybe, or maybe a couple people. But uh, this next series that I'm going to be teaching on, and I really want you to, if you can't be here, be sure that you listen to the recordings and uh, get a hold of this. I'm going to be teaching on the kingdom of God. A lot of Christians don't understand the kingdom of God. And so I'm going to be teaching on the kingdom of God. And I'm so excited about it because there's so much great information in here about the kingdom of God, the word of God. And I really believe that when we begin to understand the kingdom of God in a greater level, have greater revelation on the kingdom of God, we'll understand our roles as kings and priests. See, you're a king, but you have to have a kingdom to be a king over And so when you understand the kingdom of God, you understand your authority in Christ and how to operate in that kingdom at a higher level. And that's my goal. And so anyway, when I sit down to put down my outlines, you know, it's just so amazing, you know, because all these thoughts that have been building in my heart, really probably just, you know, little tidbits and downloads that the Holy Spirit gives me through, through the week, through my prayer time. And things like that, you know, I just sit down and just just, just smoothly comes out in the outline that uh, I prepared, you know, to minister off of this morning. So let's just open our hearts and uh, open the Bible, our word, the word of God, to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. And in those days, starting with verse 1, in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea saying, repent. Now, there's a reason why he's saying repent, okay? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Most of the time, in fact, I haven't found a time where it's not really the same, but the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are basically the same thing most of the time. I'm sure there might be a time or two that may have a little different uh, understanding or a revelation to it. But basically, wherever you see the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, it means the same thing. And so John the Baptist said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken by the prophet of Zain, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So repentance was maybe a new word that they were using, but it had the same meaning in the Old Testament as come to me. 
The Lord would say, come to me. Draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you. Come to me. Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you'll diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God and obey what he tells you to do, all these blessings will come upon you. So what does it mean? It means come to me. So the word repent is, is two words. R-E means to return, okay, or to uh, uh, do it again, uh, you know, over and over again. Return, come to, return to. And pent means basically comes from a word that means the best. Come to the best. Come to God. You know, I realize that if you study it out, that it'll say, well, it mean, you know, some people say, well, it means to turn away from. Well, when you're turning towards something, aren't you turning away something? When you're turning towards something that is better, aren't you turning away from something? The other day I was in the uh, uh, paint department. I was looking at these uh, rollers, and, uh, you know, and, and, and I had a flashback from when I was younger and looking at the Sears and Robot catalog. And the Sears and Robach would have good, best, and better, you know. And so I saw the good, and I saw the price, which was cheaper, and that's the price I wanted to pay. But then I thought, well, how long do I want this thing to last, you know. And so I saw the better, and then I saw the best, you know. And so what did I do when I turned from good to better? Uh, when I looked at better, what did I do? I turned away from good. What did I look at when I turned to best? I looked away from better. Okay, so what are you doing when you're turning to God? You're turning away from those things that are hindering you from receiving all that God has for you. And I don't know about you, but I'm determined to receive everything that God has for me. You know, the Word of God says He has freely given us all things. Man, I'm going to receive it then, you know. I mean, you know, I, I like free. In fact, I like free so much, you know, when they have free hot dogs and soda Sodas at Lowe's or something like that, and they go, these are for our, 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 our pro builders. I walk in, and, and of course, they all know me. We had an experience. My wife got to experience it, uh, you know, at Lowe's, but they all consider me the store pastor, you know. And so, anyway, I come in, you know, and, and uh, so anyway, but I get to participate. If it's free, you know, even if I had lunch, I'll eat another hot dog just because it's free. <laughs> and, of course, you know what I'll do if there's ice cream served. But anyway, so... But, you know, if it's free, I want it. I don't know about you, but there's just something about free. I want it, you know. But God's freely given us all things. I want it. If God's freely given me all things, I want to receive it, you know. I want all that God has for me. And then Jesus, you know, when he came on the scene, after he was tempted, I thought this was so interesting because it says here in Matthew chapter 4 that the devil tempted him saying to him, all these kingdoms are mine, and I'll give it to you. All these kingdoms. And so Jesus was tempted with all these kingdoms, and after he overcame the temptation, this is what he said in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, isn't that something that Jesus overcame the temptations of all the kingdoms that the devil had authority over, to be given to him. He overcame that first, and then after he overcame that first, he was empowered now to give you and me and offer to us the kingdom of heaven. Now, that's awesome. 
So he overcame the temptation of the other kingdoms, you know. And, you know, sometimes we do have to overcome uh, the other kingdoms that are in this world. The Bible tells us that, you know, Satan is the god of this world. He's the one who blinds people. He's the one who, who deceives people. This is why there's so, so much corruption and so many things that go on in the earth. I'll never forget this uh, atheist woman. Uh, I went up and prayed for her daughter. Her daughter was in an accident, and uh, she was very respectful. She let me pray for her daughter, and so I prayed for her daughter. She said, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. So she said, I just want to let you know I'm not a believer. I said, well, okay. You know, I, I, you know, I don't know what to say about that, you know, but she said, I'm not a believer. And she said, let me ask you something. If there's, so, if there's such a good God then why is there so much evil in the world? I said, because God put man in charge and we made wrong choices. End of conversation. You know, we can't blame God for anything. It's not God's fault. You know, if things aren't working, we need to examine ourselves and ask ourselves, where are we at with God? You know, and what do we need? What adjustments do we need to uh, make so that we can experience all that God has for us? And that's what I'm doing. I'm just seeking God with my whole heart. I'm going after God with everything I know to go after God with. You know, not because there are benefits, and there are. The Bible says he daily loads us with benefits. Daily means every day. Daily means that if he daily loads us um, with benefits, we should expect God to do something for us on a daily basis. We really should. We should experience God on a daily basis. Somehow he's going to bless me. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know where. I don't know how much. But he will bless me. And he will bless you. We need to get our expectancy. And when we begin to understand more about the kingdom of God, I believe it will increase your expectancy and my expectancy to receive more from God. So Jesus said, you know, I am now authorized since I've overcome the temptations of these other kingdoms that the enemy is, uh, you know, has authority over. I am now authorized to give to you the kingdom of God. And so when we look at Matthew 16 where, you know, uh, Peter recognized Jesus as the Son of God. He said, you know, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood's not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. In other words, I give you access. And so what is the rock that he's building his church on? It's, it's revelation. It's having knowledge. It's being empowered through knowledge. And so we need to begin to seek and get more knowledge of the kingdom of God so that we can be empowered to walk in that authority. Now, you know, a king doesn't have a problem being a king. You know, when he's a king, he has certain servants that work for him. You know, he has certain servants that, that work in the kingdom. They're assigned to carry out certain tasks. Well, we're in a kingdom, and we have been given angels. Come on, somebody. Charge, you know, for us to, you know, to be our servants. You know, and there are a lot of angels waiting for an assignment. Let me say that again. There are a lot of angels waiting for an assignment. I'm going to say that one more time. There are a lot of angels waiting for an assignment. Amen. There are a lot of angels waiting for you to sign a job or a work order to give them something to do. 
They're waiting for you to sign a work order to give them something to do. Huh? There are a lot of them. You know, in fact, some of them talk about going to retirement. They haven't had a work order from you in many, many years. Hello, somebody. We need to put these servants into place. You know, one of the things that when we, when we study faith, we'll find out that faith is a servant to us. The, the Word of God is a servant to us. And so when you're a king, you don't have a problem telling your servants to go there, do this, do that, come here and do that. You know, and so when you get hold of the kingdom mentality, the kingdom of God mentality, and that you get to operate in this type of kingdom, then you begin to understand your authority in this kingdom, and you'll begin to see more of the manifestation of God's blessings and his glory and his provision for your life. Can I hear an amen in this house? So Jesus came back and said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. In Matthew chapter 10... Verses 7 through 8, one of the things that Jesus told his disciples to do was, he said, as you go preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I think God wants us to understand something here, don't you? The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That means it's available. It's accessible to us. For you and for me. So the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And as a result, go heal the sick. As a result, go cleanse the lepers. As a result, go raise the dead. As a result, cast out demons. And freely as you have received, freely give. So you've been given this kingdom. Now Pastor Vicky is doing an excellent job on these Thursday nights talking about the gifts. What is she talking about? What's she talking about? What's she talking about? And what is a gift? Uh Oh, come on now. And he just said, freely as you receive, freely give. So what she's trying to do, she's trying to stir you up to use these gifts that's been given to you as a result of being receiving the kingdom of God so that you can operate in these gifts. You know, I, I think it's wonderful when someone goes and says, hey, to somebody, why don't you come to our church and, and, and wait until our pastors pray for you. That's wonderful. But you know what's more wonderful? That you go, you don't have to come to our church for our pastors to pray for you. I'll pray for you right here on the spot. You need healing? I'll pray healing. You know? You need deliverance? I'll pray deliverance. You know? And so God has, this is our purpose in the body of Christ when you look at Ephesians 4.11, that to equip you to do the works of the ministry. But how are you going to do the work of the ministries if you don't even know you have a kingdom to operate in? How are you going to do the works of the ministry? How are you going to do the work of the kingdom if you don't even know what your authority is in the kingdom? You're not a servant in the kingdom of God. You're kings and priests in the kingdom of God. He's authorized you to do these things. And so that's why Jesus told his disciples, go and preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what is the kingdom of heaven? Well, go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 14. Excuse me, I said Deuteronomy and I meant Romans. Deuteronomy, I said it again, Romans 14. But since I said Deuteronomy twice, I think the Lord wants me to share this. 
Again, repent means to go after God with your whole heart. That's why it says in Acts 3, where it says 19, Acts 3, 19, repent. You know, in times of refreshing will come upon you. So what is repentance? Repentance is pressing into to, to the presence of God. What did we have earlier here in the service? We had a repentance service. You know, and a lot of Christians are fearful of repentance services because they've been so taught wrong about repentance service. They think it's a time where we get up and confess to the whole church, you know, all the wrong things we've done. There's an old country western song about that, you know, and 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 I, I boy, I don't know if you could find it before the service is over, and maybe we could have it have it here. But it talks about you know uh, the day at church. And uh, he said, the day the squirrel got in the church, I think that's the name of the song, you know. And they said when that, that squirrel went up Sister So-and-So's dress, she, she confessed things we had no idea she was doing, you know. <laughs> you know. So anyway, you know, and, and I laugh about that. But no, repentance is not you coming up here, you know, and, 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 and telling all the wrong things that you've done. No, repentance is really getting into the presence of God. And we have a repentance service almost every service. Man, we just get in the presence of God. We press into God. We come into God. And, you know, I know God's put it on my heart to make this a mission. You know, and I know a lot of ministers who still don't have this concept. But, you know, repentance ought to be a daily thing. It ought to be a common thing. And it ought to be a thing that we, we have. It ought to be a move of God in such a way that we're not ashamed when we talk about repent. What would you do at church? I repented. People, oh, really? And what did you tell everybody? See, they got this wrong idea. You know, no, I got in the presence of God. And that's what repentance is all about. Deuteronomy chapter 28, I was talking about this is part of the Old Testament. Come to me if you listen obediently to the voice of the Lord thy God. Well, listen to what Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 3 in the Message Bible says. If you listen obediently to the voice of God, your God, and heartily obey all his commandments that I command you today, God, your God, will place you on high. Does that sound like favor? High above all the nations of the world. What did the, what did the devil try to tempt Jesus? All these kingdoms were given to me. I'll put, what, what was the temptation? No, 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 no. The devil, he can't give it to you because he's not really, he doesn't have the authority over these things. All right? God said, I'll give you, I'll place you high above all these things uh, of the world. And all these blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. Beyond you because you have responded or you have pressed into or you have repented. You have taken hold of the kingdom of God or you've responded to the voice of God your God. Now, I haven't written this down, but those blessings are your blessing the city, blessing the field, blessed coming in, blessed going out, everything you put your hands to shall prosper. You know, you, you see your enemy come against you one way and see him flee seven different ways. I'm going to take a moment and share with you what the Lord shared with me about that one day. I was in prayer. I was just declaring that. And all of a sudden, I saw it. You know, the enemy may come against you one way, but God's got seven different solutions for the problem he's made for you. 
Not just one. He's got seven. Come on, somebody. If that one doesn't work, this one will work. You know, God's got several ways to make a way for you. Isn't that awesome? You know, I, I love that. Everything you put your hands to shall prosper. Glory to God. And so that's the result of pressing in. That's the result of going after God. So what is the kingdom of God? Romans 14. Starting with verse 16. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Now, I'm sure that if you've lived in this life any period of time, that you know that there might be somebody out there occasionally that may, you know, disagree with you. Maybe not just to the point they disagree with you, but maybe they want to try to stop you from achieving in life. Maybe they want to hinder you. But I'm here to tell you that when you grab hold of the fact that the kingdom of heaven is yours, they'll never be able to stop you. Because there's no man, and there's no devil, and there's no government that can stop God's plan for your life. But we have to have that kingdom mentality. Why? Because I'm in the kingdom of God. And if I'm in the kingdom of God, I'm also in the protection of that kingdom. I, 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 have, I have rights in that particular kingdom. So what is the kingdom of God? Well, it's not meat or drink, but it's righteousness. This is the number one key for most Christians to understand how to receive from God. How do I receive that gift? You know, when someone does something for, for uh, other people, uh, a lot of times you hear them say, oh, you didn't have to do that. You know, someone said that to me one time, oh, you didn't have to do that. And I said, no, I, don't know. I know I didn't have to. I wanted to. You know, and if I want to do good things, you know, for people, how much more does God want to do for you? Think about it. God wants to do a lot more for you than I could ever do for you. He wants to bless you, you know. And so what you're really saying was, I didn't do anything to deserve this. You're right. You didn't do anything to deserve that. I just wanted to do that. You know, I wanted to bless you. You know, we've, we've, we've done that. I remember one time we were at a filling station one time. This guy was getting a tire change. My wife said, you got a $20 bill? And back then, $20 was a whole lot of money for us, you know. And probably it meant that we weren't going to go out to eat or something. Was it $20? I think so, yeah. She said, I want that $20. Okay, here you go. So she goes up to this guy, total stranger, says, I want to help pay for your tire to be changed. What did he do to deserve it? Nothing. But I know he saw the goodness of God, you know. But if God wants to do that through you or for you or through another person, or if he wants to use me to bless you, how much more does he want to bless you himself? Yeah. And that's what we have to understand. And so we don't deserve it, but he put you in right standing. He put you in right standing to give you this mindset that he wants to bless you. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you know, he made him who knew no sin to become sin in order, or to put in order, or to put in place, that you become the righteousness of God. What is righteousness? That means in right standing with God. So now, 
You know, how many of you believe that Jesus deserved to be blessed by his father? Huh? He was obedient. Well, you're in him, and so you have that same, you're in that same place now. Or, you know, Jesus did what he did unto the Father, and God blessed him. You know, he gave him a name above all names. You know, he, he seated him at the right hand, uh, uh, right, as right hand. He's given him all authority over the power of the enemy. Well, you have that same right. In fact, John 1.12 says, as many as received him, he gave them the right, which means authority or the privilege, but authority is a better word, gave them the right to become the sons of God. Not you're not the son of God, but to have the same privilege as the son of God. So if I'm a son of God and Jesus is a son of God, that means we're brothers. Is that right? So whatever, whatever my parents do for my brother, can I expect them to do the same for me? Absolutely. In fact, I expect them, my parents to do more for me because I'm their favorite. You know, I can't help it, but I am God's favorite. I know you're, you're a, 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 a good second best to it, but I am God's favorite. You know, and that's okay. I'll share a little bit with you. No, no, we're all God's favorite. And see, so that's why that scripture is in there, so that you understand that you're in the same place. You know, it says in Philippians, it says that, you know, Jesus did not think it robbery to be equal with God. What does that mean? You mean, you, you, you think that you're equal with God? No, I think that God has put me in a place that I can receive from him. That's what I think. That's what God wants you to think. Well, you don't know what I did. I don't think I deserve to be healed. Well, then if you don't think you deserve to be healed, you probably never will be. I don't think God wants to bless me. Well, if you don't think God wants to bless you, then you probably won't get blessed. Why wouldn't God want to bless you? Well, you just don't know what I've been into, Pastor. Well, I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Save me the grief. I don't want to hear your, your never mind, I'll move on. But anyway, you know, because you're the righteousness of God, and that's the key. I'm in right standing with God. And if I'm in right standing with God, then I have a right to receive from God. And that's what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace. We just so much overlook that word peace. Shalom. You know, and it means the same thing in the Hebrew as it does the Greek. It means to be complete, to be full. Complete, full, to experience the fullness of God. And so that's what the kingdom of God is about. So not only you can be in right standing with him, but that you can experience the fullness of God. You know, we talk about Romans 3.23, how we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but Romans 3.24 says how he freely justified us. Now, freely means it didn't cost us anything. And like I said before, you know, I don't know about you, but there's something about free I wanted, you know? And, uh, I mean, you know, I, sometimes, you know, I, I just, if it's free, I don't know what, I don't need it, but I want it. You know, um, years ago when we first started the church, um, Oh, who makes those little cupcakes? Debbie. Little Debbie, that's it. Yeah, little Debbie made those cupcakes. Yeah. And so they were having this thing. If you ate so many little Debbie cupcakes and you send in a little scan code and stuff like that, you got a truck that said little Debbie's on it. Well, I got the truck. <laughs> it's still in the box. It's on my shelf. It's going to be a collector's item someday. How many of you remember the little chihuahua, Yo Quiero Taco Bell? I got one of those. 
I think it still says, Yo Caro Taco Bell. You know? Why did I get it? Because I'm a big kid and I haven't grown up? No, because it's free. <laughs> you know? I got it because it's free. It's, you know, it might be a collector's item someday. You know, my little chihuahua is still in the bag. I hear if they stay in the bag, they, you know, they're worth more money. All right, anybody want it? <laughs> Who'll give $1,000 for it? <laughs> so, you know, but, you know, these are things that, that just drive me to want things free. Well, we should have that same drive for whatever God has for us that's free. He freely justified me. He freely put me in right standing. He freely downloaded his peace and made me complete and whole in him. Righteousness, peace, and joy. You know, how many of you know that life is so much better with joy? You know? It's, it's one thing to get something, but it's another thing to enjoy it. You know, I don't like someone giving me something and then there's strings attached to it. Well, you know, I gave this to you, but you ought to do something with it for me. Oh, I thought you gave it to me to do what I want with it, you know. There's no joy in it. It's joy when it's I can do what I want with it. You know, it's like my little Debbie truck, you know. I get to do what I want with it. It sits on my shelf in one of the bedrooms, and it collects dust, and that gives me joy. <laughs> I don't think it gives my wife joy when she has to wipe it off, but it gives me joy. You know, I get to see it every so often, my little Debbie truck, you know. I know somebody has one at home. They might give me a matching truck. <laughs> but it's in the presence of God or in the Holy Spirit. That's where it's at. Well, I want to share with you, again, what the Message Bible says. That in verse 16 is giving us an understanding of why he has given us the kingdom of God. If you confuse others by making a big issue over what they eat or don't eat, you're no longer a companion with them in love, are you? You know, I, I, you know, I, I do my best to try to eat healthy. But, you know, it is so disheartening when I get the ice cream out and someone tells me, I don't need that. You know, I know I don't need it, but I want it. And it's such a great soul food, you know? I mean, if God made anything better than ice cream, he's kept it for himself. I mean, it's wonderful, you know? And, and it is, isn't it hard to try to enjoy a bowl of ice cream when, when someone's over there going, uh-huh, and you don't really need that, you know? Don't condemn somebody for what they eat. <laughs> Let them enjoy it. If they come asking you to help them with a diet, then say something. Probably too much ice cream. You know, it's when I get on the scale and my wife says, how much do you weigh? And I tell her, it's that ice cream. But not while I'm eating it. <laughs> These, remember, are persons for whom Christ died also. Would you risk sending them to hell over eating ice cream?
Well, it doesn't say that, but an item in their diet is what it says. Don't you dare let a piece of God's blessed food, like ice cream, become an occasion for soul poisoning. (laughs) Oh, we're having fun today. This is when he said, the kingdom of God isn't a matter of what you put in your stomach, for goodness sake. It is what God does with your life as he sets it right, puts it together, and completes it with joy. Your task is to singly-minded serve Christ. Do that, and you'll kill two birds with one stone, pleasing God above you and proving your worth to people who are around you. That's what the kingdom of God is about, you know, so that you can experience his righteousness. You know, when you begin to experience his righteousness, you really are setting yourself up to experience his love. You know, if you've ever experienced the baptism of God's love, it's an awesome place to be. There's nothing like it. It's like the whole world disappears and everything's good. I mean, it's just a place of, 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 of tranquility and peace and joy and it total acceptance that you really are okay, no matter how much ice cream you eat a day. Hebrews 8.10 says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So when you accept that Christ as your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior, something very supernatural happened. And that is that God put all he is through his spirit on the inside of you. All he is. Everything he is. You know, we talk about Mark 11, 22. You know, when Jesus said, "Have have faith in God, what it really means is have the faith of God. Otherwise, you know, because the very spirit of God's inside you, the faith of God's inside you. Everything God is you, the created ability of God's on the inside of you. You know, the, 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 the ability to make good choices. How many of you believe God makes good choices? Is on the, on the inside of you, you know? Everything God is, well, the kingdom of God is on the inside of you. And in John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word's on the inside of you. Isn't that awesome? And so God said, you know what I'm going to do? He said, instead of having all these rituals and all these laws that I want these people to live by, I'm just going to put my spirit on the inside of them. And with my spirit, I'm going to write my laws. And so as a born-again child, most of the time, unless there's a real spirit of deception working in somebody, most of the time, you really know the difference between right and wrong. Why? Because he's put his law on the inside of you. Now, this is what even makes it greater, okay? And that is there are some times that there are certain things that you can do that's right, and then a different situation. You can't do the same thing because it's not right for a different person. He put that on the inside of you, the ability to know the difference, you know? And, and so, you know, there, there are times you can, you know, it, it's like there are times I can witness to somebody, you know, one time I walked in and I said, hey, you know, I used to mow yards and I used to stop at, uh, you know, the convenience store and get a, you know, a big gulp or whatever it was at the time for 39 cents. 
And anyway, so, but, um, so I'd go up and I'd say, hey, if I never see you again, will I see you in heaven? You know, and the guy said, well, you know, I, 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 I don't know, you know, and that's the way I witness to people. And, and so um, one time I said, well, you certainly don't want to go to hell, do you? Now, I couldn't say that to everybody, but his spirit was on the inside of me. So it worked for this person, got his attention, but I couldn't say the same thing to another person the same way. And so he's not only written his law, but he's lit, written his purpose for you on the inside of you. How many of you know that biological, biologically you have a DNA? And they say in this DNA are all the things that all these little like, you know, small little, you know, computer chips, if you say it that way, that make up who you are. Well, God's put his DNA on the inside Amen. of you for, for you to know who you are. And so he's put his law, he's put his word on the inside of you. And that's part of the kingdom of God. Yes, we should read the word. And I agree, we should read the word. Because in reading the word, we get revelation knowledge, you know, and our spirit and our soul, you know, starts being conformed to our spirit and the word of God and things start happening that way. But he's already said, I'll put my law, I'll, I'll write them on their hearts. Hebrews 10 verse 16 says it a second time. So if the writer of Hebrew, the author of Hebrew says it twice, I think we ought to listen to it. This is my covenant. I will make with them those days, says Lord. I'll put my laws in their heart and in their minds. I will write them. Well, one of the nice things, not only that, not only has he put the word in us, but he's put the spirit of God in us. Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, I believe it says in 1 John chapter 5, uh, in that particular area, it says that the Spirit and the Word and God are one. So he has put everything that you need, including his kingdom, on the inside of you. In fact, Luke 17, 21, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. And so here, you know, here all these, you know, Israelis, they were like, man, the, he's the Messiah. He's going to set the kingdom up and he's going to eradicate the Romans. Yeah, he came and set the kingdom up, but not on the outside of man. Come on, somebody. But on the inside of man. Now, let me help you with understanding the purpose of that. Number one, we know that when Lucifer fell, he took a third of the angels with him, okay? So we're not sure exactly how all that works and everything, but we know that a third of those angels went with him, okay? We also know this. He has no way of procreation. He can't increase his kingdom. But every time someone is born again, the kingdom of God expands. So the more people are born again, the smaller the kingdom of darkness gets. This is why there's such a spiritual battle in winning people to the Lord. Because he can't grow, but the kingdom of God is everlasting and ever expanding. Why? Through each and every person becoming born again in the things of God. Isn't that awesome? Doesn't that make you want to go out and get somebody saved? I don't know about you, but man, I, I, 
you know, and, and I might get back into this. I used to open up the services by just declaring loss to the kingdom of darkness and gain to the kingdom of God. Amen? Why not? We're, we, we've been given the authority to declare things be not as though they are. And so in the name of Jesus, I speak loss to the kingdom of darkness. I speak loss to ever harassing spirit against your life in Jesus' name. I declare not to every demonic attack against you in the name of Jesus. And I declare that the kingdom of God will expand in your life in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen in this house? That's what God wants for you. So how do we receive that kingdom? Well, Nicodemus came to Jesus here in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. And Jesus said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So what's the key to seeing the kingdom of God? What's the, what's the uh, 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 answer? What's the solution to, to getting this, being able to experience the kingdom of God? Well, obviously it must be born again. And Nicodemus said, well, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered and said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. In other words, when you're born again, you have opened up the door for the kingdom of God to come into your life and to be a part of all God has for you. You're in that kingdom. So when you receive Jesus, you receive the spirit of God and the fullness of God. And I said earlier that, you know, Jesus said to Peter, and I give you access or the keys. Now you have that. What is that access to the kingdom of God? The Word of God. The Word of God. He said, upon this rock, upon this revelation knowledge, upon knowing the truth, gives you access to the kingdom of God. And so Peter said this in 2 Peter chapter 1, according to his divine power, he has already given you. Now, it doesn't say it that way, but he, it says he has given, which means it's already been done. All things. He has given you all things. He has given you all things according to his divine power. He has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. What else do you need? It's free. It's there for you to receive. And so like I said, it was free. He's given it to you. He wants you to receive this so that you can operate in the kingdom of God. Romans 3, I mean Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for all things, how shall he not with him, where's the kingdom of God? Where's the spirit of God? Where's the spirit of Christ? Okay, with him, with him, so also freely give us all things. So let me say that again. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? all things. So where, where, where do we start? Right back with John. Right back with Jesus. Repent. Or Matthew 6, 33, seek first. That's the same thing as repenting. Putting God first. Going after God with your whole heart. 
going after God with everything that you have. Seek first the kingdom of, his, of God and his righteousness and all of these things that he described prior to that, clothes, transportation, finances, food, all these things shall be added on to you. What is it that Jesus experienced with the woman at the well? One of the things that he experienced there, he, went, he got there, he was famished. He couldn't go on any further. He sent his disciples to go get food. And the woman showed up. But when he came back, he wasn't hungry. Well, man, we left, you were hungry. We got all this food for you, Jesus. What's the deal? Well, man, doing the will of God is what fed me. Or putting God first is what took care of me. Now, I don't recommend you quit eating. But when you do the will of God, you put in motion all the provisions that's in the kingdom of God. Amen. So that I'm going to stop there. I've got a lot more here I want to share on, you know, about the kingdom of God. It's such an interesting subject to talk about and to share. But I'm going to share this one thing with you, and then I'll close. So seek righteousness, seek peace, seek joy. But in Genesis 1.1, Says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in between the two words, heaven and earth, is a Hebrew word that's not translated. It's two letters, and the two letters are Allah and Ta. Can't translate them. You know, nobody knows how to say them. They're just the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And when Jesus said in the book of Revelation, I am the Alpha Omega, he's saying, I'm the Alatah in Genesis 1-1. That's what he's saying. But when I was talking to um, um, my Jewish rabbi friend, you know, he was telling me, and he's an expert in language, he said, well, the Alatah, what it does in language is it connects heaven to earth. So is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven at hand then? Is that what Jesus came he said, no man can get to the Father except through me. In other words, he says, I'm the door to the kingdom of God. Isn't that awesome? You see it all through the word of God. And God is shouting it everywhere. Come into my kingdom and I'll give you rest. Come into my kingdom, I'll give you peace. Come into my kingdom and I'll make provision for you. Come to my kingdom, and I'll do exceedingly abundantly, more than you can ask or even think. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org, or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.